Hey, Pastor Brian here. I want to thank you for tuning in to Rockhouse Baptist Church Podcast. I hope this message inspired you. I hope it encourages you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, for today's message. Well, good morning. I don't know about you, but this front row was spirit-filled, brothers and sisters. Amen. I hope the rest of them were too. Welcome to Rock House Baptist. I hope you're here to get your spiritual cup, not filled, but overflown with the Lord's grace and mercy this morning. I've been so uplifted to hear just things coming out of CR and, and, and good works done by this church right here. But folks, it's not about this church right here. It's about Jesus Christ. Amen. Every, come on with it. Amen. Every sermon you hear, I'm going to welcome you to Rock House Baptist, but I'm going to tell you it's not about Rock House Baptist. It's about Jesus Christ. And that's the bottom line uh, because he said so. Okay? Because he said so. Amen. I'm going to open up this uh, message this morning with a question that is actually the title of our sermon. Now, we're on our 40-day spiritual campaign, prayer campaign. I hope that you're spending time with God each and every day. And as we said in Sunday school this morning, if you miss a day, you're not canceled out, are you, Brother Paul Sizemore? New man. God wants you to seek him even harder the next day. He knows. He's been there. We're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. But I want to open up with this question. It's our title again. <laughs> Who, when you're praying, do you think you're talking to? You ever gotten a confrontation with somebody? I, I've had it. Big Brian's looking at me a time or two and say, who do you think you're talking to? Yeah. Yeah, my ball coach is my mother. <laughs> what about God? Who do you think you're talking to when you speak to God? I hope today that we can answer that because it's truly the most important question that you're going to come uh, across Listen at this. Your relationship with someone determines how you talk to them. If you love them, you're going to talk to them a little bit different way, don't you? If you believe that they're going to come through, you're going to talk to them in a little bit different way. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, God is answering prayers. We said this morning in Sunday school, we're not waiting on a president, an ex-president, a congressman, or a congresswoman, or a vice president. I don't care what you are. If you're waiting on them to make a move, brothers and sisters, you're going to be waiting a while. We need God to make a move. And if you'll open your eyes, he's actually doing it right here before us. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> There's nothing that influences our life more than how we view God. Now, I believe there's a lot of misconceptions about God. Hear me out this morning. Many people believe that God is this mean, old, hateful guy that just waits on you to mess up so you can punish, that you can be, he can punish you. Our God's not that way. Some people think that our God's like a Santa Claus God. He's making a list and he's checking it twice, <laughs> trying to find out who's what. Naughty or nice. That's not the case for our Lord. And I hope I can change that this morning. Just like the song said this morning that Gabriella sang or sung, whatever the correct pronunciation is of that. It's not what we necessarily think about God, but what? It's what He knows and thinks about us. He calls you a child of God. <laughs> You're speaking to the Father. A.W. Tozer said this, 
about our relationship with God. He said, what comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Not about God, but about you. Because it affects everything else in your life. Amen. How you view the Father is how you view life. How you view the Father is how you handle the world. You're right, Brother Kyle. I've been busting all morning to get to this message. Although what Brother Paul taught in Sunday school could preach too. My goodness. If you're not in Sunday school, let me encourage you, brothers and sisters. There's truth in Sunday school. Get there. I promise. Get there. Another hour ain't going to hurt you. I promise. It didn't kill me this morning, but I'm still here. The Bible tells us this about God, though. Here's some characteristics. Now, I can't name them all. We don't have enough time. The Bible can't contain it all. It says it in Scripture. But our God is holy. Our God is just. Our God is kind. Our God is loving. Our God is compassionate. And our God is faithful. Amen? Now, what does that mean for you and me? He's not going to turn his back on us. We're going to get into that a little bit. He's not going to never leave us or forsake us. This morning, we're going to focus on the goodness of God. I love that song, the goodness of God. Because because God is good, that's the basis for all of our prayers. Would you pray to him if he wasn't good? Be no point in it, right? If God was not faithful and trustworthy, what's the point of us asking him for anything? But he is. Let me tell you this. You cannot actually spell good without what? God. Think of it that way. If you're simple-minded like me, (laughs) there's truth in the word good. It's the word God. Amen. I hear people all the time say, well, why is the world evil, Pastor Brian? Why does this happen? Well, it's simple. God gives us free will. He don't make us love Him. He wants us to choose to love Him. He wants us to seek after Him. The real question should be, is why is there any good allowed in the world? I'll just be honest with you. It's because God is good. Our sin brings about what's bad in the world. God didn't do that. God's not allowing or or encouraging you to do something bad. He doesn't want you to forsake Him. Now, there's a couple things this morning we're going to talk about. We're going to get through. There's about five. I'm not going to lie. And uh, it's very important that you pay attention here the pastor this morning, okay? That you pay attention and that if you're not taking notes, you're taking mental notes, okay? Because I'm going to tell you this. Your prayer life depends on what we're going to talk about this morning. I promise. I heard a pastor say this week, our prayer closet is a mirror that reflects our spiritual condition. But the sad thing is that's why so many will enter it. How do you view God the Father? Please view Him in His goodness. Because he will show you that prayer is not a ritual that you must do. It is a relationship that you want to pursue. Okay? That's how we ought to see God. So our first point this morning is this. God's plans for my life will always be good. I'm waiting on an amen. So be it. Right? God's plans for my life will always be good. You see, the problem with our prayer life is we don't truly understand God's love for us. That's the truth. Even the most faithful saint of God will sometimes have a little doubt. We don't understand God's love for us and how good He is to us this morning. Hear me out. God can move mountains. Amen? He can split seas. He can 
make the lame walk again, the blind to see. The list goes on. I can't tell you all of them. But let me tell you what our God cannot do. He cannot deny himself. That means what he's promised you and I, he can't go back on. God is not bad. He cannot do anything bad. He cannot do evil. What does that mean for you and me as children of God? It's real simple, folks. Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 says this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for prosperity and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Amen. Do you see the connection between God's purpose and our prayer right there? God's saying, I have this for you. But we learned last week, we do not have because what? We do not ask. <laughs> you want a mountain moved. And you're trying to move it yourself. I know the plans I have for you, he says. Plans for prosperity, not for disaster. To give you a hope in a future. Now let me tell you this. Nobody in here this morning or listening online is an accident. <laughs> You may surprise mom and dad, but you didn't surprise God the Father, let me tell you. He knew you were coming into this world. The Bible says he has to breathe life into you. You're not a surprise. Amen? I don't care what they say, what they try to tell you, but here's the kicker. How are we going to know God's purpose for us if we never spend time talking to him? If we don't seek after him? Seek after me with your whole heart. That's what he asks. That really should be a commandment on our life. He loves us unconditionally. I can't believe that we have the opportunity. I believe it, let me say it. But it's such a shocker to me sometimes that we have the opportunity to speak to God the Creator. <laughs> How many people would long to talk to, a again, a famous superstar or something? But who do you think put them here? God the Creator. He is the main, main, main reason you and I are here. You and I are serving Him. Remember this. Each little person in here is a piece to God's master plan and a piece to His master puzzle. But we need to pursue Him and ask Him, where do we fit sometimes? Amen? God, what do you have for me? The more you pray, the more you're going to understand God's purpose for your life. I got tickled, and, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but hear me out this morning. I get asked all the time, Pastor, I just don't know what to do. I really want to stop him and say, well, first of all, you're talking to the wrong guy. Because I am in control of nothing. Make sure you pursue the Holy Father and His will for your life. But now I will help counsel. I, I seek Him, I pursue Him every day, and I believe He gives wisdom to us. But reach out to Him. Try to phone him. I tell everybody in, in my principal school that I learned, one of the most favorite things I learned was, is it 411 or 911? 411, you call me. 911, <laughs> you don't call Kyle, you better call the Heavenly Father, right? If it's something like that, you better be pursuing him. Listen to what Psalms 31, 19 says. The psalmist writes, How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you have performed for those who take refuge in you before the sons of mankind. <laughs> right here, God's 
goodness is great. He's showing us right here. I have stored up for you all of this. You know what that means? He has a plan for you in advance. If you know winter's coming, you're doing what with your firewood? You're getting it in. God knows that he wants you to come to him and give your life to him. He's got all this goodness stored up for you. But here's the great thing about our Lord. It took me 25 years to realize that he had all this stored up for me. Some of us has took longer. Some of us not so long. But here is the great news. Even when we go our own crazy ways, our God still says, come home, son or daughter. Amen? Look what I have stored for you. Look, I've been waiting on you. <laughs> come running. I'm here. He's willingly wanting to save those who come after him. And, he, and this verse says he's going to do it before the sons of mankind. A.K.A. that means in front of the whole world. He wants to take you as a child. Amen. He does nothing in secret. He wants you to pursue after him. And that's why we're on this spiritual campaign. When you're on a campaign, what's that bring to your mind? You're, you're really trying for something, right? You're really pursuing something. Whether it's an office or whether it's a job, whatever it is. I would hope that in your spiritual life you would pursue God. Like there's no tomorrow. Because guess what? We don't know if there's going to be a tomorrow. You better pursue after him with all of your heart. Again, last week we talked about the Bible saying in James, we have not because we do not ask. I hear people all the time say, well, God is mad at me. Pastor, is he trying to get even with me? Hear me this morning. God is not mad at you. God's mad about you. Hear that? He's not mad at you. He knows that you are going to do things that you do and will do. But he's mad about you. If you're lost, our Father is mad that you're lost. He wants you to come home. He's not mad at you. He's wanting to love you, wrap his arms around you. He didn't promise that this world would be perfect. <laughs> if we were in that place, it'd be called what? Heaven. Amen. I long to be there, but there's work to do while we're here. Amen. We live in this broke, broken world. Nothing's going to be perfect here. There's sadness, sorrow, sickness. The Bible tells us all about these things, things we can't understand. But even in our bad choices, God still chose us. The Bible says what? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's right. While you were still a sinner, while you were saved, guess what? Christ died for you. He died for Jackson. He died for Steve. He died for Brad. He died for Kathy. I can go on the list. I'm just going to go right down. He died for you. There's nobody that he spared and said, I know that my love is not for them. <laughs> my goodness. Just think about this verse here. Romans 8, 28. And before I go to that, I want to tell you about our God. When I think about our God, we know how he died. He was hung to a cross. He was crucified. But our same God that was hung to a cross and was crucified took that crucifixion and turned it into a what on the third day? A resurrection. You may feel down and out, but God is really wanting to revive you. He's wanting to resurrect you. He's got a plan for you. Romans 8.28 says this, 
And we know that God causes all things, hear that? All things to work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. I can promise you this. If you were to hit your knees right now and say, God, I give my life to you. I want a personal relationship with you. I have sinned and I want to ask for forgiveness. Father, I know you'll forgive me. Your holy word tells me you'll forgive me. I want your plan for my life and your purpose for my life. I can promise you, in that quick, your life has changed. Amen? It's that quick. It's all over. It's all over. Bottom line, it's over. God says, my promise is that you will get to spend eternity with me and that while you're here, you'll have abundant life. Doesn't mean it's all going to be easy. Sister Kim said it this morning. Sometimes Christians are fed a lie. Brother Tony talks about it before. It's not going to be easy. If the Savior had it rough, what makes you think we're any better? Right? We're, we're His fullness. Matthew 28 says this about coming to Jesus, though. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, I'm sorry. He says this, Come to me. Hear that this morning. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. And what? I will give you rest. How many people is tired of running? I've been there. There's only one rest in this world that you're going to find. And that's Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the bottom line. When I pray at night, sometimes I, I like to play, pray Scripture. I like to play too, but I like to pray Scripture. Tongue-tied this morning. Need a bottle of water or something here. We're doing okay. When I think about Joseph, how many people knows the life of, of Joseph in Genesis? And he was sold into slavery by his brothers, right? I mean, you think you've been done bad by your family, but they didn't sell you off to kill you, okay? You know? Here we go. Genesis 50, verse 20. Joseph had a response, a godly response, that he had to seek God. He knew he was chosen by God, just like all of us are chosen by God. But here's what he said to his brothers when they come back to him. When the famine, if you don't know the whole story, there was a famine there, and they had to come back, and he was in charge of the food. He rose to second in charge of Egypt. Okay, that's the quick version of it. But verse 20 says this. As for you, speaking to the brothers, speaking to the evil of the world, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to keep many people alive. Amen? Don't think you don't have a purpose. <laughs> Your purpose is to bring others to whom? Jesus Christ. If you're wanting to know how to live your life, you better tell others about Jesus and seek Him hard yourself. Amen? That's the bottom line. I'm just, I guess that's my favorite word this morning. I'm trying to tell you who Jesus Christ is with all my heart. What Joseph went through, though, was called something like redemptive suffering. Now, a lot of people don't want to talk about what redemptive suffering means. When I think of redemptive suffering, I think of Apostle Paul and his life and what all he went through so that we can be here. When I think of redemptive suffering, I think of Jesus Christ. More on that in a moment. But redemptive suffering is when you suffer or we suffer and go through things because others need to benefit. For the benefit of others. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that Jesus Christ decided to go through some redemptive suffering for me. 
that God would consider me worthy enough. <laughs> me, Brian Hubbard. Yes, that's me. And that's you too. You're worthy enough. Like Gabriella saying, I don't worry about my feelings. I can't run on my feelings. I've got to run on my faith. Amen? I know I'm not enough, but I am who you say I am. Thank you, Lord, this morning. Because of God's goodness, He paid a debt that He didn't know because I had a debt that what? I couldn't pay. There's no way that I could have paid all that back. I think about some of the suffering. I think about our early members here. And Brother Mac's not here this morning. Pray for him. But I think about some of the suffering. You know, got Charlotte here, and I can name them, and Mike, and some of the people who was here for a while, and all that they went through, so that this house could be filled again with Christians in the Spirit. Amen? There was a battle. There was a spiritual battle fought before Brian Hubbard ever stepped foot to this uh, stage here. Before the stage was filled, the devil was coming after us. But thank goodness for some faithful members that stayed the course and they stayed on their knees in prayer. Amen? That's how the battle's won. As the song sings, this is how I, what? Fight my... What are they talking about? What, what's the song mean? You better fight it in prayer. This is how I fight my battle. You want to know how you do it? You fight it in prayer. Amen? You read your scripture. <laughs> here's the truth God wants us to be real true Christians he wants you to be run the race to be full of endurance and perseverance but here's a news flash for us we hear false prophets talk about it all the time but here is a news flash for us God is more comfortable with your character than your comfort I didn't get many amens on that, huh? He wants you to be tested and tried. Not a microwave Christian, I heard a guy say. I want to be oven baked. Put me in there for hours, brother. Don't put me in there for 10 seconds and say, ooh, I'm done. And in the middle of that is still what? Cold. I want to be oven baked, rotisserie me, man. I want to be on fire for Jesus, amen? Come on. Gee, goodness. Whew. The only thing you're going to take to heaven is what? Yourself. Forget everything else. The only thing you're going to take to heaven is yourself, and you better have it right. You better have it trained. You better have it ready. Because I don't want to tell you what the other choice is. But the truth is, it's not pleasant. You don't want the other choice. Remember that everything God does is for the good of my life. Second point this morning. I know we're going to run over time. I hope you're ready. We're going to be here all day. Praise the Lord. God always gives me what I need, not what I deserve. I didn't say what I want. I said what you deserve. Psalms 103 verses 10 through 12 says this. <laughs> How powerful. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our guilty deeds. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His mercy toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far He has removed your wrongdoings or our wrongdoings from us. Amen. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. That shows us that when we deserve hell, 
<laughs> God says, no, you are saved. When we deserve this, God says, no, you're justified in the eyes, in my eyes, because of what Christ has done for you. Here's what I, I can't figure out sometimes. And I'm not trying to get too theological on this. There's no double jeopardy on your sins. You know what I mean by double jeopardy? You get off free and they try to try you again. There's none of that in Jesus Christ. Bible says you were set free once and for all. God wipes out our sin as far as the east is to the west. I can tell you where the north and the south pole is, but I can't tell you where the east and the west pole is because it never ends. There is none. It's gone. It's, one pastor said it's like God took your sins and cast them into the sea in the deep blue sea and posted a no fishing sign. You can't come back and get it. You can't. The devil can't. Your mom and dad can't. Tradition can't. Religion can't. Rituals can't. You are stuck, my friend, in the eyes of Christ. Gosh, I love it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I think about King David as I, as I was studying Scripture some. And how many knows King David was a perfect guy, right? That's a joke. That, that's not Scripture. That's not Scripture. He failed. <laughs> Paul says he was the chief of sinners. I wonder about King David sometimes. We know what he did. We know what he done. And he tried to cover it up. Murderer, adulteress, all the wrong things that he did. Let me ask you this. Did David deserve mercy? No. Did he deserve to be forgiven? No. Do you and I deserve any of that? No. But here's the thing. David knew the goodness of God. No matter how far he fell, he knew that he could call on the one. Psalms 51 verses 1 and 2 says, Be gracious to me, David writes. Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithfulness. Not what I've done, but according to your faithfulness. According to the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my wrongdoings. Amen. Wash me thoroughly whew, from my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. Forgiveness is not based on you, but based on Him. Amen. Look past me and look at the foot of the cross. I heard Rosetta pray this morning. Hide pastor behind the cross. That's right. The cross is the main attraction. Without it, we have nothing. Amen. Here's what I know about the cross. <laughs> Here's what I know about the cross. There was a perfect one who died for an imperfect one on that piece of wood. I don't know about you, but that ought to get you excited. You ought to be thankful. Amen. Our God's goodness gives us forgiveness. God says when you fail, when you blow it, when you crash your life, you run it to the ground, you want to drive this roller coaster, this crazy train, this wild bus, I'll let you drive it. But just remember when you broke down and you ain't got nothing left, I'll be here. I'll be right here. How many knows that... <laughs> Until God's all you've got, you realize that's all you need. Amen? When God's all you've got, that's all you need. Many of us spend our life wearing masks, and I don't mean these old masks. <laughs> I thought this was funny as I was studying. I'm talking about you try to cover up who you are. 
All kinds of things in the world to hide behind right now, right? There ain't a lot of truth floating out there on TV or on social media. I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes it's even twisted truth. Talked about that this morning. But here's the thing. God knows who you are. He's got that plan for you that you cannot even imagine. Psalms 27 verses 10 through 13 says, For my father and my mother have forsaken me, David writes, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Do not turn me over to the desire of my enemies, for false witnesses have risen against me, the violent witnesses. I certainly believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David knew that when he was in that cave, if you know the story, he wasn't alone. When he was waiting on that arrow to fly by to see if it was all right, he wasn't alone. You may be driving a two-hour drive to work, but guess what? You're not alone. You may be wondering how ends meet's going to come at the end of the week. God's got a plan for you. Amen? I love it. And here's what's so good about our God. Okay? Many people think he's this guy who never went through nothing. And sure, it's easy to be on the throne and call all the shots. But Hebrews 4, chapter 15 and 16 says this, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things just as we are, and yet he is what? Without sin. He's been through. No matter what you're going through, he's been there. We talk about ridicule. Nobody got more ridicule than this guy. He's been there, yet he's without sin. So therefore, this is what we get because of verse 15. Therefore, let's approach the throne of grace with confidence, with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace for help at the time of our need. How many people have been on their knees in need? <laughs> Amen? God's coming. He's already there. God knows our need. He's been there. He's done that. God will always give you what you need, not what you deserve. Think about your eternity. Eternity. He gave you forgiveness. He didn't judge me because of what Jesus did on the cross. Our third point this morning is God puts my good above his own. This may be my most favorite one. God puts my good above his own. This is the heart of the gospel. Folks, this is the good news. This is the good news. We have a king. Hear this now. Some of y'all into these Netflix shows and you understand this. You know what I'm talking about. We have a king that sacrificed himself for the peasants. That's how I know the Bible is true. You ever read fairy tales? You ever see a king jumping in front of the peasant to take a bullet? An arrow? No. In fairy tales, the, the peasants, the soldiers, they all try to die and protect the king. Not in my gospel. My king died to protect me. Amen? To save me. That's the ultimate expression of love. Jesus died in the first degree of love. Do you know that? Kyle's a cop. He knows what first degree means. He's guilty of it. First degree. Been tried and tested. He's died because he loves you. John 10, verses 14 through 15, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. And he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. 
Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. Amen. I don't know what more else I could say. We probably need to close it in prayer. We'd be on time. But my goodness, he lays down his life. It's almost too good to be true. There's no shepherd in history that's died for his sheep. <laughs> it just don't happen. But God the Creator died for you. He's truly, truly the good shepherd. On my dining table, Stacy and I have this verse. It's my favorite. John 15, 13. Jesus looked at the disciples. And I can just imagine being there. Oh, how I kind of wish I was. Greater love has no one than this, that a person will lay down his life for his friends. There ain't nobody done that for you. <laughs> ain't nobody going to do that for you but one. The cross is a symbol, as we said earlier, of the perfect one dying for the imperfect one. When Jesus died on the cross, here's what he said. I love you, my child. It is finished. I love you. I can't help but to think of just what all that means. As I go down through and I look at these points, and I just want to speak from the heart. Do you know where you would be without him? I mean, who would you be? What would you do? I don't know how I've done it 25 years. I don't know. It's amazing to me that we would walk sometimes and wonder what's next. How about we trust in his plan? Amen? I'm telling you, you got to turn them TVs off and get in His Word. You want to know the truth, the secret? Quit looking for it in all the wrong places. Whew. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says this, He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Jesus never did anything wrong, yet He took our guilt and He poured in His love into our hearts and down the cross. What I love about this is <laughs> God loves you so much. You know how much God loves you. I just want to take off running through here and screaming, He loves you, He loves you, He loves you. How many has ever seen the show? Uh, it's a game show. Let's make a deal. You know what I'm talking about? Got the bald-headed guy there. I think, Rod, Rod, you'd be a good host of that. Yeah. Brad's getting there. I got it in my family, so all this luscious locks is gone soon. But here's the way our life is and our salvation. Okay? In the show, Let's Make a Deal, there's a setup, and there's three doors. <laughs> Door one says you can go your own way, you can pay for your sins, which we don't have to. And you can go to hell having never chose Jesus. That's door one. And then there's door two. You realize we've sinned, yet we're going to try to do good works and do good things and, and cover up our sins and repay God back. Because <laughs> God, I'm going to do this for you, you know. And we're going to try to work our way into heaven, which is not possible. And guess what? You still end up where? In hell. Or you can choose door number three. Let me tell you about door number three. Door number three says there's somebody knocking on it. <laughs> Amen? And when you open that door, there's a Savior looking right at you. 
Here's what he says. Listen here, man, woman. Let's make a deal. I'm standing here, right here, in front of you. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take all of your guilt. I'm going to take all of your sin. And I'm going to throw it in the sea. And not only am I going to take that off of you, but I'm going to put my goodness in your heart. You're going to have a love like you've never had before. And I'm going to save you and send you to heaven so you can be at my right hand and be with the Father, me and the Father, streets of gold, you name it, brother. You think about what is the biggest high you've ever had, and this is times a million. You think when that spirit hits you and your tears flow out, it's like at the whole time up here, brother. But here's what I'm going to need you to do. Say yes. Say yes. I just want you to say yes to me. I just want you to believe that what I did on the cross was good enough for you and me. Amen? It was good enough. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us, how will he not also freely give us all things? Amen? He's wanting to give it to you. But you've got to ask. God solved our biggest problems. These little problems that we have in our minds, take them to Him. Just like John sang a little earlier. Take them to Him. He solved the problem of sin. You think the other problems ain't going to be something easy for Him to do? There's no other way to the Father except through Jesus. I thank God that He's always good and He gives me what I need, not what I deserve. Our next point this morning is, this one's a tough one, but God don't always say yes to every request. <laughs> Folks, when the request is not right for us, God's going to say what? He's going to say no. How many parents we have in here? Right? Yeah? Sometimes good parents say no to their children because they know that it's not good for them. Now, here's the thing you and I have to understand. Spiritual maturity is when we learn the difference between no and not yet. When you seek after God and He's laid it on your heart, but you're not getting that answer yet, He's not saying no. He's saying not yet. In His time, a delay in God's eyes is not a denial. Sometimes God needs us to wait upon Him. So therefore, he'll say no. Sometimes God will say slow. In a little bit. In a little while. Sometimes he's going to tell us to grow. I love how... <laughs> you ever thought you've arrived to a place? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I went to school all my life for this one job, and now I've got this one job, and I'm like, what else is there to do? Right? What else is there to do? I've... As I grow spiritually, I never arrive. I realize I'm saved, but you know what? I can't stop seeking God. I want His will for my life. I want what He's intended for me to have. But sometimes He says, you know what? It's your request. <laughs> You're putting me in a box. It's a little too big. What I've got to give you is a little too big for you right now. Perfect example. I spent three years under Pastor Tyler. Had, had God given me the opportunity to be pastor in year one, guess what? Too big. It's probably still too big. But I see God every day. Amen? 
Amen. Had God not put it in their hearts to sing right here and prepared them while they were getting sang too, we weren't ready. But thank the good Lord that He gives us what He gives us in our time of need. Luke 11, chapter, uh, verses 11 through 13, I'm sorry, says, Now which one of you fathers will ask his son, will his son ask for a fish, and instead of a fish, you'd give him a snake? Or will he even ask for an egg, and his father give him a scorpion? So if you, despite being evil, Jesus said, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give those, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? What God is essentially saying right here is, folks, I'll give you nothing bad. Nothing bad. When I say no, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> that's tough. I get tickled, me and my mom. Uh, and Mom, I'm sorry if I cross a line, which in Jesus there is no line to cross, so she can come to her pastor and complain. Um, Mom went away for a little bit. And uh, I'll be honest with you, that was my prayer. That she would get clean. However it happened, right? However, you know. I think at about day 30, she said, you prayed me in here, can you pray me out? I'm ready, amen? I'm ready. When God's all you've got, <laughs> that's all you need, amen? That's the ball of <laughs> Sometimes God says you don't really know what you're asking for. And uh, this has been said up here, and I'm going to say it one more time. The great theologian Garth Brooks said, Sometimes I thank God <laughs> for unanswered prayers. It's good that God don't grant us every little request that we ask for. We've got to go on our faith, not our feelings. The world is wanting you to go on your feelings. I want to get mad because this happened. I want to react because this happened. I want to be something else that God says that I am because the world says, you know what? You fit in better here. God's word is the truth. We've got to trust Him. We've got to believe in Him. There's sometimes God simply just says, look, my grace is what? Sufficient. For you. What you need is not what you think you need. You need God. You need my grace upon your life. Again, he's more worried about making us good character Christians than making us comfortable. Folks, our comfortableness is coming later. We're going to get to be comfortable. Eternity of comfortableness. Amen? I love it. Isaiah 55 verses 8 through 9 says this. Remember this in prayer. For my thoughts, God says, are higher than your thoughts, nor are your, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than yours. God says, Brian, <laughs> what you're thinking and praying about is on one level. And listen, I'm on a whole nother, I'm on a whole nother level. Thinking about what's good for you. Going to send you something that will prosper you spiritually. So God's saying, will you trust me this morning? As we move into our fifth and final point, I want to ask, will you trust him this morning? If you're lost, will you trust him to save you? 
If you're going through a hard time, sickness, cancer, whatever's going on financially, will you trust him? Will you build that spiritual discipline based off his trust so that you'll grow? Fifth and final point this morning says, he invites us to live with him forever. I need an amen on that one. Not only does God show his goodness, but he invites us to live forever. 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, verse 16 says this, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, I can't help but to think that no matter what we go through, God's got us. God's got us. You ever had a close friend that says, you know what, Nick, Kyle, Buck, I got you, man. I got you, Ezra. I got you, James. I got you, Greg. No matter what, you fall, I'll pick you up. I'm there for you. You need a home to go to, I've got it for you. You need a ride to work, that's me. God's saying, I'm all of that. And I'm eternity. You're going to spend it with me. Chapter uh, 23 of Psalms, verse 6 says, Certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all of my days, and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. That's God's plan for you this morning. That's God's plan for your life. All you have to do is say yes and freely accept it. It's that easy. It's about the blood, as Brother Steve would say. And we need to understand that God's goodness affects who we are. It determines who we are. Once we learn that, we'll be passionate about what we do for the Lord. We'll feel that purpose. Psalms 119, verses 37 through 40 says this. This is so true. This will speak so true to you if you'll tune in for another two minutes. Turn my eyes away from looking at what is worthless and receive me in your ways. Establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. Take away my disgrace, which I dread, for your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me through your righteousness. Amen. This country needs revived. Wouldn't you agree? The only way it's going to happen is we pray that prayer right there. Lord, revive me. How's this world going to change? It's going to start with me seeking after God, asking God to give us vision, asking God to put somebody in our life, <laughs> whether it be a leader, a friend, it don't matter. But revive me, Lord. Revive me. I want you to join me this week as we pray for three things, okay? If you've got a mental note or a pencil, let's write these down. Join me this week in saying these three things in our prayers. Lord, revive my heart. I need revived. Your pastor needs revived. Come about Thursday or Wednesday of the week, your pastor is pretty low sometimes. I know you're low too. Lord, revive my heart. Lord, revive my small group, my inner circle. Whoever that is, my friends, whoever I'm contacting, uh, on a daily basis, whoever I'm trusting to pray for me, Lord, revive their spirit. Number three, Lord, revive our church family. I love seeing every one of you. I want you to be on a high for Jesus all the time, whether it's in the valley 
or on the mountaintop, he's still the same God. He's still the same God. The Bible says he's the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Lamentations 5 verse 21. We'll, we'll close with this. The author wrote, Restore us to you, Lord, so that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old. How many people say, man, the good old days? You want that? Restore us to you, O Lord. Bring us to you, Father. We must seek him. No matter how he's answering our prayers. Bill said it great this morning. I don't see a scene back there. He says, Christians, we've got to continue to pray. Because if we stop praying, they ain't nobody else praying. We've got to pray. We've got to seek God. My heart would be that you would pour it all out for Him. That you would give it all to Him. Whether you're in worship, whether you're listening to the preacher, whether you're driving down the road, dropping your kids off at school, whatever you do, do it for Jesus Christ. Amen? He's the one and only. <laughs> and when you say, I do, Lord, I do. I want you in my life. That's a covenant that won't be broken. But we have to be broken to come to that. Let us pray this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your love and your mercy. God, as we're about to open this altar, open the altar of their hearts. Lord, pierce their hearts, whether it's a heart of stone, a heart that's thawing out. Lord, I don't know everybody's spiritual levels at the moment. But fa Father, the one thing I want is for everyone to be saved. That's your plan for our life, Lord. Heavenly Father, continue to lead and guide me. Father, put in our hearts what we need. Put in our minds what to meditate on. I know your word is true. While the world's screaming something else, there you still stand. When the waters were there, Lord, you didn't take away the waters. You made a way through. Father, make a way through for us Christians. Lord, let us stand firm. Let us stand faithful to your word. God, let us never leave you. Because I know what you tell us. You say you never leave us or forsake us. Lord, no matter how heavy that cross gets, let us be strengthened by you. Father, if there's somebody here today that don't know Jesus Christ, they may know about Jesus, but they don't have that personal relationship with Him. Father, You want to speak to them. You want them to choose door number three, the guilt, the sin, the shame. It's all gone. Just give it to me. Leave it all at the cross. Because what You did for us, Father, was well worth it. It covers a multitude, the Bible says. Oh, Lord, I thank You. I thank You for my life. I thank you for my eternity. Father, if we were to leave here today, I know I have an eternal home. Lord, I love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Again, thank you for tuning in. You can also find us on Facebook.com by searching Rockhouse Baptist Church. Or you can go to our website, rockhousebaptist.org. Thank you for listening.